right, let's go! Hello and welcome to Dragon Age Off the Record, Episode 1. I am your host, Elizabeth, and with me is Rode. How are you doing, Rode? I'm doing great. We are here to talk about Dragon Age. I've been bugging people for a year. I want to do a Dragon Age podcast. Please let me. And they were thinking, no, it's an RPG. You're going to run out of stuff to talk about after a while. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't care. I want to talk about it. So my buddy Rode and I got together and we said, screw it. We're doing it. But we're going to do a mini podcast because I've heard a couple Dragon Age podcasts before and they tended to pod fade, especially after the release of the game that they got hyped up for. So I decided, no, we're going to set a beginning and an end to this and we're not going to pod fade and we're going to be awesome. It's not that we're going to not pod fade. It's that we're going to end. <laughs> There's a difference. It's not that we're just going to fade away. It's like, I don't know what to talk about. There's there's a finite amount of episodes. At some point, it's just going to be over. And so we hope you enjoy the ride. I know we will because I watched Road stream Dragon Age 2 last night. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And it was so whimsical. I just it was great. I sat down and I went, you know what I want to do right now? I just want to play Dragon Age 2. And I'm like, I'll just, I'll just stream it to hell with it. Oh, it was great. And, oh, and he talks for the characters. It's wonderful. So what is your Twitch channel, by the way? Twitch.tv slash ThatRoadGuy, which is also my Twitter handle. Follow him on Twitter. You'll be able to find these because I know I'll be jumping in any time that he is doing that again because it is hysterical. But anyway, what are we going to do? towards this mini podcast well we're going to get you up to speed on some of the prequel books at first because there is an actual legitimate story that leads into dragon age origins and i actually think it might help the people that haven't read it better identify with some stuff i know i did when i read it and i went back to play the game again i found the characters more interesting and everything like that so that's what we're going to do Seeing as I can see Road looking at the notes, why don't you tell us the other stuff? Well, you know, we're going to talk about our playthroughs through games such as Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2, the game that does not get nearly enough damn credit. It was a good story. Okay, so the combat wasn't great. The gameplay wasn't great. They reused a lot of the same areas over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I even commented as such while I was playing. I told the people watching, hey, we're going to be here again. And again, and probably at least three more times after that. And you knew exactly where all the treasure chests were, and as did I. And the people in the chat room knew. They they were just like, turn left! <laughs> it's been so long since I've played that game, because I have not replayed DA2 as many times as I have Origins. So it was, it, it's been at least a year since I came back to this game. And it was really refreshing, because it was like I was playing the game all over again for the first time. I, I was remembering stuff as I was going, but yeah. Like, fighting that dragon. I really didn't want to go down there because I thought I was going to be fighting a, a high dragon because I was remembering oh, the wrong far? part. No, no, no. I went to the mature dragon. I thought I was going to the high dragon. And that's not till later in the game. So here I am. I've got these two seven damage iron daggers. And I'm thinking, <laughs> these aren't even going to scratch the scales of a high dragon. Why am I doing this to myself? Because it's fun and we wanted to see you fail. It's fun. Well, I did die once, so... Oh, well, good. Not against the dragon, against something else entirely, because I wasn't paying attention to a certain... Oh, I remember that. I was watching it, and then you got to play as Bethany for a while, and I do like the combat in DA2. I mean, it was so much... The mages, that's what I liked better. Oh. I had to micromanage a little bit, instead of just letting everyone do whatever they wanted to. I like that, yeah. And you get some nice screenshots. But anyway, most people are saying, eh, DA2, do I really want to listen to this podcast now? Yes, you do, because we're going to cover Origins. Origins is my baby. So Alistair's my baby. Game. 
Of course he is. So much stuff in that game. How did you get into these games? Well, I'm a Bioware fan. Like, I, I'm not going to hide that I am a Bioware fanboy. And I've been a... So, let's just go ahead and start from the beginning. I used to be a huge Neverwinter Nights player. In fact, both me and my wife were huge Neverwinter Nights players. I used to run our own server, which we inherited from the previous owners of that server. So we're really big into the roleplay back then. And we kind of talked with some of the employees at Bioware back during that time and heard in advance that a new game, which they had intended to be the replacement for Neverwinter Nights, was coming out. So we're thinking... Oh my god, there's a new updated game to this this game that is really far behind the times. Because we played it up until after they stopped supporting Neverwinter Nights. No more content releases, no more patches. They had officially declared it the game over. And they had moved on to other projects, which eventually became Dragon Age and Mass Effect and so forth. And uh, so we had heard about this game. And so we sat there for probably at least... I want to say a year, maybe two years, before the game ever launched, before there was really any information on it, before there was even an, uh, an official announcement, we knew that a new Neverwinter Nights-ish game was coming out, which then eventually became Dragon Age. And unfortunately, there never ended up being a multiplayer element to the game, but there still was kind of a tool set that we got to play around with, and so, you know, it, it carried over for my love of fantasy settings and this whole new world that frankly was just so much darker than the realm of Forgotten Realms, which is what Neverwinter Nights was around, D&D. So it was just so much more dark. It was all this new lore for me to dig into. And it was just... Yes! <laughs> so I, I dove into the game as soon as it came out, and I've never turned back. And you started with PC, right? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm a huge PC gamer. PC Master Race. PC, hashtag me, PC Master Race. It's how it is. I lucked into getting an Xbox 360 and I went to Twitter and I asked all my followers, I've got a little bit of money. I need a game for the Xbox 360. What can I get? And Dragon Age and Oblivion were the two that of people course. suggested and I actually picked. Now that I'm recalling back, I didn't start with Oblivion. I started with Dragon Age and I had never played an RPG like that before. You know, I was like a Mario girl before then. And I was like, this is a story. <laughs> and I really liked that. And then, of course, you know, when I met Alistair, of course, I hated him at first. And then I was like, this guy is really good. This voice actor is awesome. The voice acting just took me and then played it 15 times ever since. <laughs> So that's where we're coming from. Exactly. Yeah. So the past year I've been begging and be no, two years, I would say. Yeah. Ever since, ever since I got with Quest Gaming Network to tell you the truth. So yeah, so they're probably giving me the chance. So we're going to go through these books because I know very few people have. So we're going to give you an overview and then we're going to go through the second book, which is Dragon Age, uh, The Calling. And actually... The third one, Asunder, takes place after Dragon Age 2. So we might not even get to it because, hey, I haven't read it. I haven't either yet. Yeah, yeah. There's no audible thing for it yet. Speaking of which, we have a sponsorship with them. Go to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and you can get a free audiobook with your 30-day trial. That means you could be listening to Dragon Age, The Stolen Throne, and Dragon Age, The Calling, which we're going to be going over next time, both by David Gator. That's audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. That is probably the best ad for this we've ever had is just this show because we're going over books. <laughs> exactly. And really, it is, it is a two-part series. I would go for The Calling because that one's really good. <laughs> I mean, it is, but... 
but you need to get that set up from the Stolen Throne. Yeah, you do. You you have to start with the Stolen Throne. And honestly, I felt that book was better. Really? Oh. I did. I thought that book was better. We'll talk later. I've developed this new saying with Road. It's like, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> that means I probably disagree with you, but we can't go over it. <laughs> And then, of course, we're going to go through the games. We're going to play through the games. Rhoda's already started playing through the games again. I'm going to wait until the podcast does it so it's fresh to me because I think at least one of the hosts needs that. So I'm like, Rhoda, you do what you want. I'm going to do it with the podcast. We invite you guys to play along because we want your feedback. I really want to hear what the community thinks because people that like this game, they want to talk about it, but there is no real outlet except for like a forum or something. A lot of people don't like those. So actually, yeah, talk to us about it. So yeah, email us. If we have time, I might even cover the comics. <laughs> I have read most of the comics. The, oh, now I can't remember the guy who drew it, but he's a very good artist. There was the IDW Ra comic. Ramos. Oh, right. Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Any good? Oh, see, I the only one I've read is the uh, the Penny Arcade comic strips, which were kind comic of like strip. the, yeah, the Penny Arcade did a series of comics uh, for prequels to the Dragon Age games. What? Oh, and they were good, too. One of them was just about Flemeth and Morgan. What? Yes. Why do I not know about this? Oh, they were so good. I just, I actually, just before we started the show, I tried to bring them up, and the link that I was given to the actual Penny Arcade comics were not working, because uh, since all that happened years and years ago, Penny Arcade's website went through a complete reformatting. So those old links do not work. That means someone is not updating these wikis. Oh... Oh, I need to read those. Dragon Age Wiki, you fail me. No, no. You know what else we're going to go over? Mods. And this might get a little risque <laughs> because I download the uh, grown-up mods. How about you, Road? Here's the thing. I, I, I actually kind of treat, uh, you know, people who have listened to me talk on other shows, especially the Elder Scrolls-related ones, know that I'm not a big mod person. Which is weird, because in Neverwinter Nights, I was a huge mod person. That's That was Neverwinter Nights. The entire game was a mod community. So it's weird that I'm not into mods outside Neverwinter Nights. Like in the Elder Scrolls games, I preferred to play them as they were built. And the same thing held true for Dragon Age. Even though I'm aware of some of some the most gorgeous armor mods and, you know, the new texture mods. Some of the most gorgeous mods I have ever seen. I've looked at them. I've gone through the various different Nexus websites and just scanned one after another. I never downloaded any. Really? I just can't get enough. I have enough. to this day never played one with That's mods. why I had computer problems before we, we started recording is because there is so... Because you overbogged them with mods. Yeah. You can only pack so much awesome into one single location. Kind of like trying to download my caricature model, which crashed your computer. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. He was trying to show me, like, uh, his little avatar, and it crashed the computer and wouldn't start for, like, five minutes. So, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad I could help. Okay, I'm going to finish this up. We're going to lead up to the launch of Dragon Age Inquisition. I I will frequently call it Dragon Age 3, because every time I think of the Inquisition, I think of Mel Brooks, the Inquisition. Oh, Let's no. begin. <laughs> so I can't stop laughing. <laughs> and then we're going to go through the playthrough. We're going to give you tips, what, what our experiences are, if any mods come out, and that's it. So I recently finished the audiobook of The Stolen Throne. 
Now, I was surprised that you read it. I mean, when when I talked to you on Twitter that one time, I think it was one of the first times you mentioned you oh, played I, Dragon yes. Age. I was really shocked that you said, yeah, I've heard that. And I was like, oh my God, is this a kindred spirit? Have you recently read it or is it? No, no, it's uh, it's all locked in the head vault. Oh, is it really? Yes. Actually, I have a, a plot summary in front of me just to remind me of some of the finer points. Oh man, I was going to make you do that <laughs> just because I was like, oh, if he's read it recently, then I can make him do so. <laughs> See, I already had, I in advance, I already brought all this stuff just to remind me. If somebody wanted a brief summary of this book, I would say it's about Prince Marek. We're going to be full of spoilers, we figure. If you play the games, whatever. This is Alistair's dad and Caelan's dad, his rise to become king in Ferelden. That's basically what happens. Now, what I glean from the story is why Loghain is the way he is. That's the purpose of the story in my head. What is it in your head? Well, yeah, it, it does kind of go into detail as to who Loghain was before we saw him betray Kalen in the first Dragon Age game. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of, it's it does do a good job of setting up why he was the way he was and why he is who we see him in the second book. But you just can't explain how someone is such a jerk. Yes, you can. No. Look, you can be a survivor and not be a complete jackass. And that's what he is. Now, I don't really disagree, but for the sake of argument, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm actually going to be pro-Logain for this little argument. Yeah. Bossy. Normally, hot. But now, not so much. Okay, so now we're going to view it like a plot summary. To tell you the truth, most of this plot summary is taken word for word from the Dragon Age wiki, as I was terrible writing book reports as a kid, and I haven't improved the skill ever since. <laughs> haven't put any points into it. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. We're going to give you a little backstory. Ferelden has been conquered by the Orlesian Empire for many years, okay? There's a guy on the throne of Ferelden named Megrin, and we're going to call him the Usurper because that's what the rebels call him. He was named King of Ferelden and sent there as a punishment for having offended Emperor Florian somehow. However, before this, the Emperor and Megrin were rumored to be lovers, causing much scandal as they were also first cousins. <laughs> So he was King of Ferelden, and he wasn't very happy about it. He didn't like the people, he thought it smelled like dogs, he just looked down upon them and he thought they were barbaric. Here's an Origins tie. He once ordered all the people at a party to wear these masks, and he punished the noble whose mask he liked the least. So you remember those Orlesian masks from the game, you can give them as a gift to a certain someone. So to start off the story, Moira, the rebel queen, has been killed by traitors. There were noblemen from Ferelden, but her son Merrick escaped. And while attempting to flee the assassins who killed his mother, Merrick encounters Loghain, who is part of a band of Ferelden outlaws, and they take Merrick in. But he doesn't tell Loghain who he is at first, but Loghain eventually finds out, of course. Merrick isn't able to stay with the outlaws very long, because the Arlesians found out where he is, and they're looking to attack. They do attack, and unfortunately, Loghain's dad dies trying to help Merrick escape, with Loghain as his guide. Now, Loghain is able to lead Merrick to safety by taking him to the Kokori Wilds. They are taken prisoner by a clan of Dalish elves who turn the pair over to the mysterious Witch of the Wilds, and she guides them to pass through the wild safely. She provided help on one condition, and that Merrick would make her a promise. What this promise is, we don't know, but she also warns Merrick that a blight is coming. 
For those of you that don't remember, a blight happens when the Darkspawn discover one of the old gods, ancient dragon-like creatures, and they infect it with their taint. God, I love that word, taint. And it rises as the Archdemon. And unified by his will, the Darkspawn surged to the surface and spread across the lands. Thank you, Dragon Age Wiki. She also tells Marek that Loghain will betray him if he keeps him close, each time worse than the last. Ooh. So after they get out of the wilds, Merrick and Loghain meet up with Moira's rebel soldiers who are now read by Arl Rendorn and his daughter is Rowan. Now she's your typical tomboy yet beautiful warrior chick. We're also told that Rowan has been betrothed to Merrick since she was a baby. Dragon Age Origins Ties. Rowan's younger brothers are Arl, Eamon, and Tegan. You remember Connor, the boy possessed by a desire demon. That would be her nephew. So a few years go by, and Loghain and Rowan and Merrick strengthen the rebel army until it is in a position to take Gwarin, a Ferelden town. The attack is successful, and the rebels conquer the town, the first real victory in years. Yay! Woo! And there was much cheering in the land. But during that fight, they come across an elf named Catriel. She claims to be a messenger and warns them of an impending attack on Gwarin. Now, after all this is over, Rowan decided to get all gussied up and finally gathered the courage to go to Marek in his tent. However, she sees Catriel get inside the tent first, and after hearing the first low groans, she storms off. And then Loghain follows her, and then he tries to hit on her, and she cock blocks him flat out. Catriel and Merrick start a relationship. Merrick just falls head over heels without question. He's a bit of an idiot that way. Charming idiot, but an idiot. Because Catriel is a spy for Megrin. Remember that King Megrin? She was hired by his mage advisor, Severin. And she provides Marek with false information that convinces him to attack the fortress of West Hill. This attack results in the rebels getting their asses whooped. And Marek, Loghain, and Rowan escape and Catriel goes with them. And she leads them down to the deep roads. Remember the deep roads that, where the dwarves were? Yeah, so we're going to see some dark spawns soon. Mm-hmm. And so she leads them down into the deep roads hoping to get to Gwarin you know, with a safe passage. She says uh, something like, yes, I sort of know my way around. I've heard the tales. And they're like, what? Except for Merrick, which is like, okay, honey. Yeah, charming idiot. Dragon Age Origins ties. In the deep roads, Merrick finds a sword that's made of dragon bone and it glows blue whenever Darkspawn are near. And in Origins, you can find it in King Kaelin's chest and you can swing it around and kill people with it. When they stopped to rest, actually, they were uh, attacked by giant spiders, of course. You know, Catriel gets hurt. She doesn't die, but she's passed out. And then Loghain, when they're resting, Loghain tells Merrick that he suspects Catriel is not who she says he is. And Merrick ain't having that. Mm -mm. When Merrick's asked if he loves the elf, he says, well, yeah. Rowan just storms off again. And this time, Loghain just flat out follows her. And... So then they get back to Gwarin and they find the remains of the rebel army and they're all happy and they're, yay, he's back. They think he has risen from the dead to save them. That's where he gets the nickname Merrick the Savior. The Orlesians keep on pressing him and now people are just like fed up. They're ready to fight back and there's widespread rebellion everywhere. So once this starts going, Loghain has Catriel followed at one point when she goes to visit Severin in Denerim. And he considers this proof that 
Catriel has is a spy and he tells this to Merrick and he's like, oh my, oh my God, no, this can't be right. She walks in and he confronts her. He wants a confession. She tells him, I told you, you don't know who I am. And he's just pissed. And in a blind rage, he grabs that sword of his and runs her through. And then immediately he regrets it. Like before she even hits the ground, he's like, oh my God, she's already dead. And then he looks up at, at Loghain and Loghain, you know, gives him a nod of approval. And Merrick's like, oh my God, you meant for me to do this. Now Loghain goes to Rowan and says, you know, Rowan, you need to go to Merrick. He just killed Catriel and he needs you right now. He needs you to be the queen that you were meant to be. But Rowan gets pissed at him. She's like, you were supposed to tell him that she went there to sever all ties with Severin and she was going to come back and confess everything to him. You didn't tell him that. Well, of course, she does not forgive him. And then naturally, she goes to Merrick in his room. So now we consider Merrick pardoned. Get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> so now Merrick has learned what it's like to do the thing a king should do, not just something a man should do. And he's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be a badass king. He lures those traitor nobles that killed his mom into an ambush and executes them after giving them an awesome speech. I mean, he's basically a badass now. He just kills them one by one by one. Then he goes and kills Severin. See, because Catriel knew that she was going to die, no matter if it were by Megrin or by Merrick. So she left Merrick some information, how to get close to Severin and how to kill him. And so that's what he does. He goes to Severin is like, you suck, and then kills him dead. And at the same time, Rowan and Loghain are leading the Ferelden rebels to victory, la 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 la, and fighty, fighty, fighty. Right, moving along then. It turns out this story was told from the point of view of a member of the Chantry, member, a former major, member of the Chantry telling this tale to Kaelin, American Rowan's son. Now... <laughs> I can't imagine this woman telling this child about the elf sex. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Awkward. Well, the other thing we need to point out, too, is uh, the person who actually tells the story at the end is actually one of the people from the bandit camp. She was kind of like their spiritual leader. When exactly. he went to go find the remains of his father, he found her. And they totally had a thing. The ending was a little bit awkward when I realized, wow, she told all those details. <laughs> so, by the way, you know... Your dad was kind of like betrothed and then had sex with someone else and then eventually produced you after he killed her and and it got complicated. All you need to know, though, is that your mom and dad really loved you. <laughs> and meanwhile, you can just picture the kid going, what? At least that's how it was in my mind. In my mind, it was the kid who was like, did my mommy and daddy not love me or love each other? <laughs> that was heartbreaking, though. I don't know if the cleric told it very nicely. Like, she should have said, yes, they loved each other very much, you know. But she said, oh, it was different. <laughs> and I was just like, a child's not going to understand that. Oh, God. But yeah, so you get the end story. Rowan had died years earlier from an unknown disease. She was sick for a long time. Which I know in the second book, they suspect it was Darkspawn because they had fought Darkspawn at some point. Yep. Which which is weird if you think about it because she it never took got her hurt. a long... Well, it, it's not even a matter of getting hurt. I, I feel like she might have. But, you know, it, it's just as simple as maybe the Darkspawn splatter got in her eye and therefore transferred the blood or she swallowed it. Because if you look at the games... With the way the blood splatter happens, it gets all over and in It really you. does. I always turn it off, but watching you play last night, I was like, dang. <laughs> yeah. 
none of the characters are like trying to wipe their face clean or anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's like rainwater. Don't worry about it. It just happens. We're used to it. It's a very dark time in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, what else could we really take away from this book? Uh, the bards. One thing we should explain too. When you said bard earlier, mm-hmm. bards are assassins. That's just a fancy way of saying specially trained assassins from Orle. The Orlesians, they don't really check to see if someone's a bard. If they think someone's a bard, they're actually like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm important enough to want to be assassinated. <laughs> Orlesians, they're just weird. Uh, they, they like the finer things in life. Okay, so the main part of this story I would like to talk to you about, and by talk, I mean argue, Logan. Now, my point of view is, is that this guy, he wasn't just out for himself. He was actually very concerned with the bigger picture. He knew that Merrick was not a very good king figure. He was not ready to be king. And as such, he needed to be shown the truth and needed to learn how to do what a king should do. No, I, to a point, I agree with his reasoning. I understand, well, I, I understand his reasoning. I understand his reasoning. But the other thing that kind of didn't get expressed is Logan knew that Catriel was coming to confess and that he loved, that she genuinely was turning herself over and genuinely did love Merrick. And that's why he was, or she was betraying her original employers. He knew that part, but he did not convey that part. He only said that, by the way, she's a spy and that she's the one that's been getting us screwed all over the place, figuratively and literally. <laughs> so... But- but it doesn't matter. She basically was, she was set out to kill him. She was going to kill him. She led them, I think it was Guarin. She let people know that they were going to be at Guarin or something. Yeah. It, at the the Battle of West Hill where a lot of the rebel army got completely decimated. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. But at the same time, I mean, they genuinely did love each other. And she was going to do whatever she could to, you know repent for her sins in a manner of speaking and she knew she was going to die explain that to the wives of the people that she caused the death yes i understand that (laughs) but at the same time you know in the event that that was just paved over and you moved on beyond that if she would have lived and actually become queen because who was going to argue with the king himself about making her his queen then that would have also opened up you know, in Ferelden at least, a whole new level of status for the elves. That would have been, but that would have caused outrage and riots. He might have not gotten the support that he needed because, you know, those people are are pretty biased. Not as much as, say, the Elysians are. Well, true. Especially if she would have, in the end, helped, you know, really save the day and helped, you know, rebuild Ferelden and so on and so on and so on. So, yeah... It is what it is. Of course, we learn in the next book what would have happened if they would have had a child. So that that was kind of an interesting point. But <laughs> different conversation for a different time. So back to Loghain. I understand why he was the way he was. He, you know, he had to watch his family lose everything to the Orlesians. He watched everyone he knew and cared for get slaughtered. Well, most anyone. He didn't have the love that he wanted because he was partaking of a forbidden love with who was supposed to be the queen. And to do what was best for Ferelden, he did what he did to Merrick 
and to Rowan to make sure that they did become the king and queen that they were supposed to be. You know, which, you know, they're nobles, they need to do what they need to do as nobles. I get that. I get all of that. I understand it. It's what continues to happen later on that convinces me that he has never been anything but a dick. Okay, um, because he's not really featured in the next book, we can go into that, though. Because what what you're talking about is how he betrayed Kalen in the beginning of Dragon Age Origins, right? Yes. I'm really not back in this side, but I can see the argument. The only thing I can say to that is that you see from this book, Kalen is really obsessed with like going to war. He's obsessed with stories. And that's what he was doing at the beginning of uh, Dragon Age Origins is that he wanted to be one of the glorified heroes of these things. And Logan was like, dude, this is not good because a lot of people can get killed because you're being stupid. Now, does it justify what he's doing? No. Well, that's one way of looking at it, too. Yeah. Because I read these books, though, I actually started to understand why Logan did what he did. But at the same time, if you you look at, you know, the events of the second novel, where the Grey Wardens do play a really large role, which didn't exist in the previous book, and then you've got Duncan, who's in the novel as a, you know, a trainee level of Warden. Oh my god, he's so awesome. Yes, and he is. And you see Duncan in the game, who is a complete badass as a Grey Warden. You know, he is what people expect Grey Wardens to be like. And Kalen does have a fascination with the heroes of Ferelden, the the Grey Wardens. The people who fight the Blight, who are the only ones who can stand up against it, who are the ones who turn it around. They are the folk heroes of Thedas lore. And so here you have a genuine situation where, again, Ferelden is being, is under attack by this epic level threat. You've got the Grey Wardens of, of myth and lore that are there to stand up against it, maybe not in as large numbers, and sure, not riding on griffins as they were led to, or they were once upon a time, but you've got the dark, you know, you've got the blight, which is coming ready to take over the world again, and is starting in Ferelden. Yes, but it hasn't happened for several centuries, so I don't know if people really believed it. No, and that's exactly where it is. It, at, after so long, the, the Blight takes such a long time coming back, that the Grey Wardens slowly lose support, slowly lose support until they're needed again, and that's where they spike back up into the, you know, the elite of support again. Because it's brought to everyone's mind that, hey, these Grey Wardens are actually necessary, and we do need to listen to them. Meanwhile, you've got you know, stick up his butt, Loghain down there, who doesn't doesn't give a flying crap about that. But you see in the second novel that everything is an Orlesian conspiracy to him. He believes the Orlesians are a cause of everything that's going wrong. That the, the Grey Wardens themselves could be some kind of Orlesian plot. Everything is Orlesian to him. His hatred for the Orlesians is what drives him to do everything he does. He doesn't he, even like scented soap if you give him that. <laughs> It's true. Or Legion Poison! You will lose 50 approval with him. <laughs> exactly. So, he thinks... He, he could have been a better mentor to Kalen, but he kept his distance from Kalen because that's the son of the woman he loved. Instead, he lets the son of the woman he loved die, which does not make any sense to me whatsoever. And he intentionally kills that kid. Doesn't matter how who did, you know drew the last breath out of him, which was a giant ogre and crushed the crap out of him. 
But that was all because Loghain did not commit to the battle. Because he did not believe in the Blight. He did not believe in the Grey Wardens. He did not believe in the child of his former love. It was all because of hatred that Loghain did what he did in the game. It was not because he was trying to protect Ferelden like he did in the first novel. It was because of all the conspiracy, the misbelief, the disbelief, everything he did was based on hatred. His daughter was married to Kaelin. And so he was like, well, shoot, she knows how to protect Ferelden. She's basically Junior Loghain with a badge, but that's it. <laughs> well, yeah, even then she shows that, you know, she recognized everything that her father did was wrong. So she, she's know. very much the she's very much the politician about it. But she does recognize that what her father did was wrong and that she did recognize the threat of the blight. It certainly did not help that he was so unsupportive. But, you know, I mean, if she's in a, a position of power... I feel like the way she was at the end of, the, of Dragon Age Origins is exactly how, how Loghain was at the end of the first novel. That everything was for Ferelden, hmm. no matter what. You know I have a bias against her because, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't want her taking my I mean, mind. I'm very well aware of that. <laughs> and trust me, I'm not a big fan of hers myself. I'm not a fan of hers. But I just think she's better than Logan. Now, Flemeth in this. I posed this question to you on Twitter a couple months ago. Do you think she is the Yoda of his novel? Uh, mm, no. No, she is. I mean, I understand where you're at, what, how you're asking that question, but no. Do you know how she got uh, this information? How does she know? Is that just magic that's never going to be explained? How has she been followed? How did she know it was the king? How, uh, she actually, what did she do to get them to come to her? Yeah, she got the, the elves. Yes, the Dalish. Yeah, she got the, I was about to use the, the uh, Elder Scrolls term, and I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> the Night Fears. To bring Loghain and Merrick to her, and she knew who Merrick was. She was like, it's the king. I need to talk to the king. Does she have a magic ball? Does she have a crystal? I feel like she very much does have the power of prophecy. Because it just the way she speaks, and every time, every single time she talks to you, the main character, or to, to her Merrick, or anyone, every time she says something, it's because she knows how things are going to turn out ahead of time. So she's just being cryptic for fun. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at any prophet whether it's in religion, in any sort of historical sense, in any sort of game sense, the prophets always kind of give a vague message, but they're usually kind of spot on. Well, that's kind of like reading the paper and reading your horoscope, too. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that, too. But when she says that uh, your buddy there is going to betray you several, several times, and then it all happens over and over and over again, or, you know, what, just like we were playing, uh, or when I was playing yesterday, with her speaking to Hawk. Oh, she was so awesome. If she, when she came down there to speak to Hawk, it wasn't just because some guy killed an ogre and she happened to be flying by, which I think at the time that was happening, wasn't that before? That was yeah, before. It, it was before you were supposed to go and go and quote unquote kill her. Yeah, that was about a year or so. Or actually two years. That was in. right after Lothrin fell. So, so yeah, I mean, she knows what she's doing. She very much knows what she's doing. How old she, in fact, is, I would love to know. But at the same time, I don't think we ever need to know. Flemeth is one of those things that I don't think needs to be explained. Do you think she's good or bad? I don't. I think she is just as much a force of nature as the nature she controls. 
See, this is where I get the Yoda thing, because I was like, well, is she a, we're going to see what's going to happen, or is she a guiding source? Which would make me think that she is good, because whatever she's done. As a plot point, yes. But at the same time... At the same, absolutely, as a plot point, she is definitely the the Yoda figure. Uh, I mean that that's just the prophet. That's just how it goes. But I mean, she she really is just as much a part of the world as anything else. So anything that threatens the world threatens her. You think she's like Mother Nature? Uh, well, I mean, in a sense, yeah. Now, whether she wants to, uh, you know, kidnap young children and convert them into her future bodies to continue living on, I don't <laughs> know if that's so much the case. But I would also love to see how that turns out. Dragon Age Inquisition. I always thought for a second she was Andraste. <laughs> mm, nah. I don't know if she'd been betrayed by men because men are horrible, Road. Well, I mean, we are, but that's just a different thing entirely. Yeah, you know, Andraste, yeah. I was like, well, she could survive if she was a witch. She could survive being burned to the stake. <laughs> exactly. Andraste's ashes. That was a fun quest. By the way, Andraste's tits has got to be one of the favorite quotes I've ever heard. You know, it's actually someone I follow on Twitter. That's their name. No, really? Yeah. Oh my god, we have to have that person email the show. I've slowly been kind of like working my way into the Dragon Age community. Good! Mostly by accident. <laughs> and uh, there are some pretty badass people that I've been encountering so far. It really was awesome being able to talk with people that didn't diss anything. They were genuinely fans. You know, they may not like some of the things we didn't like as well, but you know... They were like, ah, screw it. It's fun. So it was really nice being able to talk to people that weren't, you know. Absolutely. Those are the people that follow you, and that's wonderful. So, yes, thanks. I'm going to take over the Dragon Age universe. Thetis shall be mine. Plus five approval to you. Success. I am totally on cloud nine because we finally had a Logan discussion. I still, I just, I do not like him. Is it the nose? It's the nose. No, it's totally not. Actually, no, I think he's, uh, <laughs> his design is brilliant. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's just that he's a... He definitely could be a double for Snape. I'll tell you that. <laughs> he could. He really could. Dragon Age movie, get on it. Oh, oh, make this happen. Oh, Dragon Age Origins movie. Oh my god, my pants are already off. I, I would <laughs> I would so watch that over Lord of the Rings, especially The Hobbit. Gah! I have not seen that yet. Don't. Just don't. Do you have anything else to add about the Stolen Throne? The Legion of the Dead. We can't talk about the Stolen Throne without the Legion of the Dead, because they were just one of the coolest forces. Just the idea of an entire legion of badass dwarves that are already condemned to death. They are taking the same walk that the Grey Wardens do when it's when it's the calling. And uh, I mean that's that's what it is what the, the calling is really about. It's about a Grey Warden that's being called to, you know, walk to his death. Both that aspect of the Grey Wardens and that aspect of the Dwarven, uh, of the Legion of the Dead, the fact that rather than just be killed or, you know, slowly die, they would rather commit themselves to death by battle with the greatest foe that Thetis knows. The Darkspawn. Just thinning their, yes, just thinning their numbers. Like the, uh, the what just really solidified my love for Dragon Age was the first trailer they released. I don't remember that. It, 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 it was it was like a it was a minute and a half trailer I think and it it uh not to be a bleat moment but it goes with the I think or maybe was that Dragon Age 2. 
That might have been Dragon Age 2. But there was a, uh, a... Which one had the Marilyn Manson song? Now I can't remember that. I think that might have been Dragon Age 2. No idea. There was, a, there was a Marilyn Manson song in one of the videos called The New Shit. That's just the name of the song. Okay. And uh, anyway, so the actual cinematic itself is of a Grey Warden, which I thought was going to be one of the main characters. It turns out that is not the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but it's the Grey Warden that is on his calling. And he's just walking down to the deep roads, picks up a weapon, kills a dark spawn that just happens to be like laying on the ground. I guess it had been in battle. It looks like there was a, a huge battle recently. And he just takes off his helmet, throws it to the ground, opens up these doorways that go into the next section of the deep roads. And all you see is dark spawn for as far as you can see in this giant cavern in the deep roads. And he just goes to town and that's the end of the cinematic oh my god that sounds like evarwin's wet dream <laughs> it, it's just his walk to death and, and it, it was unfortunately i didn't understand that until after reading the calling before i realized that they do you know commit themselves to death i had no idea what the significance of that trailer was and then of course you get the cinematic trailer where it's the warden himself from dragon age origins and you've got your party there and you're fighting uh, a bunch of dark spawn on the surface on a snowy mountain and then a high dragon comes down and, you know, you fight the high dragon. Which was weird because Morgan just pretty much one-shots it. <laughs> Trust me, it was badass. Without mods or cheating, have you ever beaten Flemeth as as the dragon? Yeah. Yeah? I find that is the hardest fight I've ever had. If, if I go after her, I kill her. Period. I'll kill her with a cheat. I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. I, I've never had to cheat. It's, really? it, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's actually not that bad of an encounter. Like, I don't play in the hardest difficulty either. See, ah. Uh... But no, I've, yeah, of course I've killed her. Huh. Yeah. Which then I feel bad about because I like Flemeth. And then, of course, you, awesome. you realize in the second game, no matter what, she doesn't die. She just makes you think that you kill her. Yeah. Because she's like that. She's awesome. I want to be here when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a, a several centuries worth of training to get to. Okay, well, it'll happen. Okay, so yeah, I actually want to explain the Legion of the Dead because they are dwarves that have been outcast or yes. like they can't pay their debts or whatnot. They decide to, cons- they, I guess they sign their lives away. We are dead and they go band together and go fight Darkspawn. I think that's just, it's sad. <laughs> in, in the dwarven caste system, honor is huge. Uh, except Unless, of course, you're a castless, in which case... Honor means nothing to you because you have no honor simply by being castless. But if you are of any other level of caste, honor is huge to you. And especially with their religion, they don't worship gods, they worship their former ancestors. Uh And so, say your house has been disgraced in some way, or you, you have debts, like you said, that you can't pay off. What you can do is sign your life over to the Legion of the Dead, which then repays it, it. grants your house the honor that had been lost so that they are not cast down to the castless you know you yes, know exactly. so your family could continue it's very noble but that's it, so it is sad. an extremely noble sacrifice which is part in part i think my like in if you get to talking about the uh the dragon age origin origins the mm-hmm. different kind of, of you know the different paths you can go story-wise that first chapter um my favorite is by far the noble the Dwarven Noble. But we can go, that's, we need to do an entire episode just on the origin stories. Okay. Because yeah. they oh, yeah. are amazing. Oh, that's a great idea. Yes, that right there is an episode to itself. So I will just 
I will just put a period on that discussion by saying the no the, the Dwarven Noble is my favorite story, and we can explain why in a different episode. How about that? That's a good way to uh, end this show, actually. <laughs> it's so random, but for episode one, that's what you're going to get. So we are going to leave you now. Is that sad to you, Rode? It, it is actually kind of sad because I love Dragon Age. But then again, it's not that sad because as soon as we're done, I'm just going to turn on Dragon Age. Because Dragon Age. I love Dragon Age! <laughs> We have another sponsor, TweakedAudio.com, where you can get quality earbuds, free worldwide shipping, unbeatable customer service, and a lifetime warranty with our code, off the record, all one word, and you'll get 30% off your order. That means you can hear Rhodes' voice and he will make your pants explode like they did of our ones on Elder Scrolls Off the Record, all at TweakedAudio.com. Now's the time for where to find us. Find us at questgamingnetwork.com, like us at facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork, tweet us at dragonageotr, and email us, we love your emails, at dragonageotr at gmail.com. You can find me on the Twitter at that road guy. And you can find me, mistress underscore lebeau, that's L-E-B-E-A-U, and yes, that is a reference to Gambit the X-Men. Because why not? Because he's awesome. <laughs> he's no Deadpool, but he's acceptable. So, yes, and thank you for joining me, Mr. Road. Thank you for geeking out with me about this game. I'm so excited that I, I found people I that want to I can't stop geek out. geeking out about this game. I love it All so right, much. Man. I'm glad we're doing this just to catch everybody up right before the release of Dragon Age 3, Inquisition. And anything else from you? I'm going to try to make this whole streaming thing a more regular thing. I would love it, and I'd love to join you, actually. Absolutely. We can absolutely do that. Because that would be fun. Because you're actually awesome. I can't believe you're like, hello to everything. Enemy, yes. object, whatnot. It's awesome. And you love it. And you're like, oh, I love this. <laughs> I've never played a, a rogue in Dragon Age 2 before. Do you like it? Uh, it's it's oddly kind of addictive. Because I've never paid attention to my rogue characters. Usually the rogue characters I pick are the uh, the arrow type, the range type. Yeah, and you hate you hate archers. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of archers. Well, okay. Against archers, yes, I despise them, because then I have to run all the way over there to stab them in the face, and then run all the way back. Oh my god. Takes me out of the combat for like three seconds. I'm very hands-on. Oh yeah, I, I play no in Dragon Age 2, I will, I will play a mage every single time. Well, almost every time. I, I just want to experience the story from other angles, but yeah. I don't like to play the mage, even though it's fun to play the mage because then I have to kill my sister. Uh, and you think she's too hot, right? Yes. Did you notice? I was watching yesterday. I don't know if it's on purpose, but when Beric is telling the story at the beginning of Dragon Age 2, Bethany's boobs are way bigger than in the regular game. I did not notice that at all, actually. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until I saw you mentioned in the Twitch chat. <laughs> That killed me. <laughs> I, I almost wanted to go back to the recording and just find that to verify it. It's on there for the next couple of days, and then it'll auto-delete itself, because I <laughs> that would require me to actually make edits and post it onto YouTube and use my YouTube profile. Uh, that's work. That's work. I don't want to do work. it. I don't want to do it. And we're going to say thank you for listening, and goodbye for now. You will miss us. And if you don't, crap. We didn't want you anyway. <laughs> no goodbyes, then.